When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, welcome to Out of the Blue from Maze and Brew, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. Podcast that knows it's best to only truly be morose over the things that you can control. I am Jared Stormer of MazeandBrew.com. With me, as always, is Andy Bailey, my hetero life mate, also of MazeandBrew.com. Andy, you purveyor and champion of reasonable takes. How you holding up, friend? Uh, well, the hemorrhoid I developed during the game from stress is healing nicely. So, you know, things are looking up over here. Morale is improving amongst the men. It was, uh, it was tough times. Uh, both of us were, were really down, actually had like physical ailments result from this game. I ended up, uh, well, just drinking myself into a coma and throwing up, which I haven't done in five years. <laughs> Not an actual coma, but just way too much. Yeah, close and, to a vegetable uh, state still. Yeah, yeah, close to a vegetable state. And uh, Andy got so nervous he gave himself a, a hemorrhoid, apparently. So Yeah, it was not great. And then I chain, <laughs> smoke, chain smoked on my front porch. This is what I do when I get in my feelings. I don't want to go on Twitter and share it. Yeah. I just want to internalize it. And then it just manifests in, you know, ailments. <laughs> it, it depends on how we lose and how I want to respond. This was a game where I was just like, I'm not talking about it. I'm going to go get drunk with my friends and think about something else. Definitely did smoke some cigarettes and like tried to keep my mind off it. But if we would have got like housed or something, I might be on Twitter being like, I'm done. I'm over it. Get me out of here. Get me a new team to watch. I do love your emotional rants on Twitter. Like when we lost in 18, I mean, it was awesome. You just went ballistic on Twitter. It was great. <laughs> Paragraphs. I was like, it's like watching Hemingway write in anger. <laughs> 
<laughs> like watching Hemingway if you were <laughs> sniffing paint. <laughs> it's exa- it's like, sometimes, you know, you just got to let it out there. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was one of those instances. But this game against Michigan State, 37-33. There is so much to talk about in this game. We were trying to cover it all there um, in our brief talk that we had off air. There's just way too much to get to. So the focus is, uh, if you're okay with this, going who is to blame for this, if anyone, and what are your overall just big picture takeaways from that game? All right, let's start with who's to blame. And I think the only people to blame, because we're not we're not going to do the officiating thing here. Like that's known. Yeah. We'll that's, talk. We'll talk about it a little bit because it, yeah. it it played a role in what, what was we'll on the scoreboard. It, it was definitely a factor, but we're not going to sit here and just clamor for that solely. Um, it's self-inflicted. I think there's multiple blame to go around, but I think it has to just go down as a team. You have untimely penalties, false start, Luke Schoonmaker, fourth down, uh, false start, third and eight on Mike Morris in our deep in our own territory. Just different things like that that added up very timely and costly penalties. Mike McDonald not adjusting to defensive substitutions. There's a lot of blame to go around, but I can't pinpoint one person, and I'm definitely not just going to say, Bob, Harbaugh, oh, when he didn't fumble the rock, he didn't jump off sides. Like, coaches coach, players play. I do like he's getting the blame, though. It keeps it off of Quorum and other people that are just, you know, kids at this point. It's hard for me. I agree with you. A, your first point, I don't want to really put it on any of the players because enough players made mistakes that it can't be one guy. Blake Corum did have his worst game by far, um, and I think we maybe should have been running Haskins a little more seeing that Corum was struggling. But once again, I'm not going to put that on Corum. I'm not going to put that on Gaddis. We outgained them in total yards in this game, 552 to 395. I mean, we had we doubled them up in passing yards. The only thing they had more of was the rushing yards, and that's basically because we couldn't stop Kenneth Walker. So if I had to gun to my head, you know, that look at the plays. I mean, it, at one point they outscored us 23 to 3. I think that you have to maybe lean to the defense being able to get a stop on one of those two-point conversions or being able to bottle up Kenneth Walker one time of the five touchdowns that he had, you know, so I'll lean that way. And I'll say Mike Donald, Mike McDonald needs to coach a cleaner game. Um, But, you know, young linebackers in there, uh, Smith and Hinton, who were getting held quite a bit all day, also weren't wrapping up. So it takes a village to lose a game like this. And um, if I had to point some blame, yeah, like I said, I'll go to the defensive side of the ball. But even that doesn't quite feel right after this. It's just, it's such a frustrating loss because because it was self-inflicted, though. Kenneth Walker impressed me, I mean, Very beyond much. measure. Like, he was a stud, and it wasn't his offensive line. It was him. Mm-hmm. And all credit to him not taking anything away, but a lot of this game was just self-infliction. Corum dropping the ball, his missed assignment, the fumble with he and McCarthy because Cade was in the tent, which wasn't covered on the air for whatever reason. Fox just really did not do their job. Oh, Fox but, dropped the ball with the officiating in this one. We can talk about that too if you <laughs> want. Where Joel Klatt, usually the best X's and O's guy that we love, everything was about the grit and the grind and the determination of Sparty. He, he literally went from Tony Romo analyst to John Gruden analyst. And I can't offer a lower insult than that. Like it was just awful. Like grit determination. Like I thought he was going to start talking about the troops and everything else. I was like, this is outrageous. So bad game by him, bad job, but 
Yeah, man, it was. It's a tough pill to swallow. But the good thing about this, the spin that is, because this was so self-inflicted, not us just getting bulldozed. It makes you feel good that if they can right the ship, this is a damn, damn, damn good team. I mean, I have to agree with you. So let's go positive, since we just did a little bit of a negative spin there. The two things that we had said a couple weeks ago, I think maybe it was, uh, I think it was after Nebraska. We we're like, well, what do we need to see? Um, we we're like, well, we still don't have an elite pass catcher, and the secondary is still a big question mark. D- Since then, DJ Turner has come on and looked really good in this game. Um, in fact, their passing yards, they only threw for 196 passing yards. There were two interceptions. So they didn't beat us necessarily through the air. And then the other concern that we had was who's our primary pass catcher? And that has definitely since been solved. We were joking during this game. It was a little harsh on our boy CJ, but we're like, CJ is wide receiver number four right now. <laughs> like, it's not, that's not that insane because Eric All should be getting a ton of targets, which we've been saying since early on. And, and that was great in this game, seeing him get going. But then Andrew Anthony. I mean, what an absolute lightning bolt to this offense that I'm sure we're not done seeing for the rest of this season. No, I believe Cade hit nine different pass catchers in this game. And the Anthony, like, emergence, like, I thought he would be a big player later on. But the fact that he just went nuclear in this game was not something anybody anticipated. No, and there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine receivers. Well done, sir. Cade absolutely spreading the ball around. So that was going to be my next positive. Um, he was my pick for player of the game. I th- said he was going to have his best game. I still maintain this is his best game. Easily, the interception, yeah. Yeah, the interception to Schoonmaker, uh, intended for Schoonmaker there at the end, was unfortunate, and that did kind of end it. But at that point, we had no timeouts left in a minute. I didn't really have as much hope. Uh, it, it was the drive before uh, where we needed to get it done, and, and and we just couldn't get it couldn't get it into the end zone. That whole second half, really. And that was a one-handed coming back interception on an off man. Like I'm not really holding that against them. After Cade threw dime after dime after dime in this one, it's like you can nitpick. Yeah, the flea flicker to Anthony would have been nice, but he completed like 64 percent of his passes in this game in the rain on the road in East Lansing when all the pressure was mounted against him. No, inject all of the Cade McNamara into me right now, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm with you there. And clearly, if if there was any questions about uh, JJ being the starter moving forward, the, the fumble, as it appears now upon rewatch, was on Corum and not on JJ, but he fumbled it earlier in this game, if you'll Correct. remember. He was yep. able to get on top of it, but lost some yards there. And that's also not the first time we've seen JJ fumble it. So maybe uh, JJ McCarthy truthers or... We're McCarthy truthers, but not this season. The the J.J. McCarthy should be starting truthers. Maybe pump the brakes a little bit on that. I almost went back to your boy Jordan Strack and favorited the tweet where he told the guy he just doesn't know football after he'd said, uh, nine's got to start now if you know football or whatever he said. (laughs) Nine's got to start. Well, why? Can you give me a reason? You just don't know football. She's like, well, he (laughs) seems to fumble and Cade seems to move the ball. (laughs) Maybe I don't know football, but I don't know, man. All these analysts really feel like they attack Michigan too. You've got Ryan McGee, an ESPN senior writer, putting Michigan in the bottom 10 programs right now, or the bottom five or whatever it is. Every other program on the list has one win. We're seven and one and control our own destiny. And he's got Michigan at this bottom five program because we lost on the road to the number seven team. Who's got a Heisman finalist at running back. Like, we lost to the number three team now in the college football three, playoff. But yeah, yeah, dude, that is that is just irresponsible journalism. I'm air quoting. 
God, that is, it is ridiculous. That's just people trying to find lazy nares. And then can Cade McNamara win a big game? Like, dude, I I can't was say his what, first major big game. This is the biggest game he's ever played in. I can't say what I want to say on here because this is a family <laughs> podcast. But I have a lot of strong words about all these lazy narratives. Like, guys, the season's ahead of us. It's okay. Like, chill out. Just because your girlfriend upset you doesn't mean it's over. Like, it's okay. Right. We are going to be... Well, I mean, I don't know that we're going to be all right, but the sky isn't falling. Um, no. We're probably going to win more games. I don't think that we've seen the last Michigan victory this year. Um, you can take a lot of solace in the fact that we have a passing game now. Blake Corum probably isn't going to play that poorly again. We still have Haskins, Corum, a great offensive line, an emerging quarterback, emerging receiving threats, an emerging defense. It's, it's going to be fine. It really <laughs> is going to be fine. We're going to win more games. Like, yeah, the over-under this season was seven and a half, and people were mad at us when we were saying we we're going to win eight or nine games. And now it feels like 10 is still still the floor Like right now. Like 10's, including the bowl game, 10 is still the floor here. I did text you this uh, at some point after the game. There is the nightmare scenario for you and I and anyone that covers Michigan, though, that you go 10 and 2 with losses to just your rivals. And it's... What do you do? Because you can't go anti-Harbaugh from there. That'd be ridiculous. You just won 10 games. Yeah, it's but the like, ultimate kiss your sister scenario. Yeah, it is. It is definitely kissing your sister, like for the Easter pictures or something like just like, well, this sucks. The, the, <laughs> the only way that we, like the only thing that like, salvages that is you get a New Year's Six Bowl, you win it and you get you to 11 it. wins. So that's at least like kissing a hot stepsister. Yeah, <laughs> that's the improvement. No, the, the only thing is, like, we know how it'll go. We'll definitely get Bama or something in whatever matchup we get. It's going to be like Bama or Georgia in, in the way that it works out. And then everyone's going to be like, see, Harbaugh can't win a bowl game. I'm like, it's Bama. It's like the best thing, though, is if we get, like, Wake Forest with Luigi Villain. Like, we could get some, like, all like the that. truthers could come back out. We could get them and just smack around the ACC team and then get to 11 wins and it'd feel a lot better. I'd like that. Yeah, a little citrus bowl against Wake Forest. That'd be fun. Just a nice mellow, you know, get us to 11 wins. Like, I mean, next year's team's supposed to be the really good one anyway. Like when we got Bamba in 18 after getting house, I'm like, oh, great. We get Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddle, and Devontae Smith. Awesome. Yeah, and not current Ruggs who's rotting in prison. It was it was college Ruggs who was quite good and available. Yeah. I'm going to make the joke I want to make, but yeah. And we held that team to like, you know, we, we were leading at halftime and, you know, kept it close, but yeah, that would be the luck. Like we're going to draw somebody like super hard, but if we could just like, just give us a gimme here, let us get to 11 wins and feel positive at, after the Ohio state game for once. Yes. That's what I'm saying. So I already know where you're at, but like, let's just get our, our takes out here. Does this really do anything for the Harbaugh narrative in your mind? This particular game? Not at all. Doesn't sway me one way or another. I I have to take some blame, though, because I said this was a must win. But I thought mm -hmm. this team was prepared, battled throughout. Nothing I could really harp on him. Like I said, he didn't fumble the ball. He didn't jump. Like they, This team has been well-coached all season. They were there and in this game. So it doesn't swing it either way for me. Like uh, What will swing it for me, though, is what's ahead of this team. How they respond this week, which we'll get into in a second. How they respond against Indiana. How they perform against Penn State. That's where the real coaching comes into the play. I'm 100% with you. Um, it does. You can't ignore the record, the three and four against Michigan State. The, you know, potentially could be three and ten overall against your major rivals going into this. I'm not going to ignore that. 
But this game just, it doesn't feel like a game where you can be like, see, Harbaugh can't get it done. Was this really Jim Harbaugh? Did, like you said earlier, did, did Jim Harbaugh fumble the ball away like late in the game? You know, it, did Jim Harbaugh overturn a call that yes. there was just not enough evidence to overturn? I mean, I was so certain that that call was going to stand because that's how they had been officiating it. It's like, well, there's not enough you know, to overturn that. They had just done it with a Kenneth Walker fumble where he just threw the ball up. And it could have gone either way. So I assumed they would keep officiating the same way. They did not on that call. Took points off the board. Could have been even more egregious if we weren't able to drive down. Nice two-minute drill by Cade Mack there and get three points. Um, And I'm glad Harbaugh said something about the officiating after this. He said at some points it was getting to the point where it was unreasonable. And, I mean, the the, towards the end there, the the CJ no-call, when he's like seven, eight yards down the field and just gets absolutely yanked on a critical play. Like you can't ignore those things. And Jim Harbaugh, once again, it felt like a lot like 2016. I t- tweeted that out during the game. I was like, this feels like a 2016 Ohio state guys. I don't want to, don't want to burst anyone's bubble, but this has got bad vibes all over it. This was the worst officiated game of the Jim Harbaugh era. Full stop. Whoa. I still got 2016 Ohio state, but this was number two. I have overall with this one, the overturn is what, swings it for me like the overturn of the points like that really swung the game and the momentum in that situation yeah I mean I'm not going to push back on that too much I mean you directly took some plays off I'd have to go rewatch both um there were some really bad holds um Hutch has held every play I know so but but honestly like when they're getting to the point where that hand's like yanking back on him and getting outside like that and he's completely past his guy then it becomes egregious and you've got to call it. You mentioned there were several bad ones on Hinton. Um, it, it's unfortunate. Um, I guess you could write a strongly worded letter if we want to be like Illinois and just go that <laughs> route, but it's not going to do anything. We're not getting this win back. You just got to play better. Maybe stop Kenneth Walker once. If you don't That's, want those plays to come that, into, into factor. Exactly. There's, you have to have some accountability with this, but also if you're not going to call holds one way, don't ticky tack Andrew Anthony on the outside on a reverse, like deep in the red zone. Like just have right. the consistency, like with the Kenneth Walker touchdown, not conclusive. Okay. With the Hutch one, not conclusive. You can't have that kind of inconsistency. And when people are saying like Mike Pereira is like, they're re-officiating the play. It's like, that's not a good thing. So yeah. Yeah. It, you knew that was getting turned around and like, wow, they've been looking at this for a long time. You know, it just, even rewatching that one, there's enough good angles of that particular play of the, the Aiden Hutchinson fumble recovery in the end zone that I still definitely watching it now, trying to take the unbiased road, think that is a strip sack fumble recovery for a touchdown. Yeah. Just nothing inclusive. You take Aiden Hutchinson's touchdown away from him in the game that probably matters the most to him besides Ohio state. So it's, very unfortunate, yeah. but there were things this team could have done to get it, but now we get a chance to right the ship and set the tone for the back half. Indeed, sir. All right, that's a good time. Let's take a break. When we come back, we've got the college football rankings out, and we are going to look at this upcoming match against Indiana. We'll talk about that more when we get back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist. And if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Welcome back to Out of the Blue. Second half of this. Life goes on. You know, there's nothing we can do about last week, but there's still a lot of football to be played. And we are into November now. This is crunch time where, in the Harbaugh era at least, things have maybe started to fall off a cliff a little bit for us. So chance to change that narrative. The college football playoff rankings not going to give you all of them right now. Uh, but we will give you one through five is Georgia, Alabama, Michigan State moves up to three. Oh, what could have been? Oregon at four, Ohio State at five. But Michigan only drops to seven. So really, I think pretty generous for Michigan here. But if your only loss is to the number three team, an undefeated team, I think that's pretty fair. Um, I guess the other thing of note in the top 10 would be uh, we're ahead of Oklahoma, who's at eight. And Cincinnati, the, the lone group of five team, moved all the way down to six despite their undefeated record, <laughs> which you and I are both giddy over. Yeah, you, this is just benefiting from preseason positioning. They were seven in the preseason, the AP poll, and benefited. But if you do a blind test and start ranking teams after week four, Cincinnati wouldn't even sniff six. So I love that they're there. Join a real conference if you want content. If you want to be in contention, I'm sorry, I have no sympathy for that. People are upset about Alabama with one loss at two, but it's like, come on, I test. They're still Alabama. Their offense is still really high cooking. So and everything's gonna work itself out. Like Alabama and Georgia are gonna play. Michigan State, Ohio State gonna play. Michigan and Ohio State going to play. So this is all gonna shake itself out. But I love the chaos early on. Yeah, and that's part of the reason you have to put Cincinnati back there is because a lot of these teams are going to play and some teams are going to drop. And you can't just move Cincinnati in because Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State all start beating up on each other. Um, the other ranked Big Ten teams right now. Um, Minnesota moved up to 20 in this. Um, you've got Iowa, who's all the way down at 22, and Wisconsin, who has fought their way back to be ranked ahead of Iowa at 21. But Penn State's fallen out of it. So there's still definitely some more matchups that are going to dictate this thing. And, I mean, Purdue and Indiana for Michigan and Michigan State aren't gimmies this week either. And this is why I always hate the uh, ranked teams when you play them instead of at the end of the season because I have a very strong feeling Wisconsin is going to end the year ranked. and But, oh, Harbaugh can't beat ranked teams on the road. But it's like, yeah, because you play them the third game or the fourth game of the season. But if like you look at the, where they finished, it's a lot different. That should matter way more because Miami counts as a ranked win for Michigan State, which is just absurd. Right, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of it, – it's very strange how they do this, and there's definitely some kinks that need to be worked out. I think going to an 18 playoff 
would really solve a lot of this um, because it's just so unfortunate that one loss can derail a whole season. I mean, you prep for this entire thing and there's all these players and all these moving parts and one bad call and one bad game can determine who's going to be your champion. So I'm just kind of over that aspect of it. Let's expand this thing to eight. Um, and let's, especially in a year like this, where Alabama looks a little bit more mortal than they have in the past. Ohio State looks a little bit mortal. Georgia, nobody wants any part of that defensive line, but maybe you could get lucky against their them. offense. Is very their offense is very susceptible right. though. So it's like there's not just like it's not like overpowering like on both sides of the ball. So like there's still a chance for certain yeah, teams. This would be the year to see an eight team playoff because Cincinnati, Georgia, or something like that. That'd be fascinating. <laughs> Wake Forest, Bama. I have no idea. Fascinating. <laughs> Probably ugly like, for Wake I mean, Forest, but fascinating nonetheless. But also Michigan, Michigan State rematch oh, in the semifinals yeah, exactly. or something. Yeah, I mean, and all the Big Ten teams that could work their way into rematches. I think it's time. Yeah. It's we need to start moving there, or maybe it's twelve teams in the first four get a bye. But um, just the one loss ruining your season because, like we were talking in the whole first half of that, it's hard to feel too bad about that loss. Like we played a hell of a game against a really good ranked team on the road. And, you know, just came up four points short. We had four points. You know, we had seven points Take it away. off the board from us. So it's it, it really is unfortunate to have to look at it this way. But, you know, win out. And I, and I still love our chances because I don't think Michigan State will win out. No. And the paths get very interesting. Michigan State still has Purdue and Ohio State on their schedule. Ohio State's second to last week of the year. So heading into Thanksgiving, it could be – Michigan, you know, runs the table till then. Michigan State gets upset. And then again, all the marbles are on the table for Michigan, Ohio State, just like God that is how, like, come That on. is how the Lord intended it. So very much still in play for us. Things like the Rose Bowl, New Year's Six Bowl game, still very much in play. So yeah. great place to be when Michael Spath thought we'd go six and six, you know? <laughs> People don't, People don't forget. forget, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, Got to take a quick moment, though. Got to talk about Home Field Apparel. Been loving working with these guys for the past couple years. Home Field Apparel is out of Indianapolis. God willing, we'll go there one day for a Big Ten championship game. But until then, I'm going to keep ordering all of my shorts, my T-shirts, or excuse me, my, uh, my hoodies, my T-shirts, depending on the season. From Homefield Apparel, they've got you covered with old school, new school de designs, and you can get 20% off your first purchase with MNB at checkout, homefieldapparel.com. All right, man. So this week we've got Indiana. Some clever jamoke decide to make it a night game, so that ruins once again another Saturday for me. But uh, at least this one hopefully we'll be celebrating at the end rather than drinking ourselves into near comas. <laughs> this is a tone-setting game for the rest of the season. So I wrote an article today, masonbrew.com. Check it out about how Michigan's responded to emotional losses in the past under Jim Harbaugh, which we've had a few, had a couple mm -hmm. of those. So this is a tone-setting game. I expect maybe to be a little bit sluggish, but if you just come out here and you house a team with their third-string quarterback that doesn't have a Big Ten win like 35 nothing, 38 to 3. You're really going to put all the bad juju behind you and move forward going into Penn State. That was my biggest thought about this game. This is less of an X's and O's games than some of the other ones that you're going to have on the schedule. This is more about, you know, the, what they were talking about on the Fox broadcast last week response, grit, grit. determination. <laughs> we want it more than the Michigan State spot. God. <laughs> 
You gotta just look at it. Look, at, look how much he wants it. We want to be physical. Like, I God, love that. What, We're the biggest awful. Gus and Joel guys until they go against the brand. It's like, I'll never go against the family. <laughs> well, you, you can go against the family. Just do it analytically. True. Just point out the exit. Just don't talk about grit the whole damn time, and I'll feel okay about it. All right, well, speaking of which, let me talk about grit for six straight minutes because <laughs> that's what it's going to take to beat Indiana. But it is going to be don't let Michigan State beat you twice. Don't let those errors that happened in that game, the Luke Schoonmaker jumping off sides, the Mikey Morris jumping off sides, you know, all those mistakes, you got to just forget about them all because you need every single player that made a mistake in that game. Like Corum, you said it earlier, I would hate to be in Corum's way this week. Like you think that dude's not going to be chewing glass this week? And I, and I want to see that from the whole team. I want to see him come out angry. And if they do, then I don't really have any worries. Exactly. And that was a great, great, elegant way to put that. I haven't heard anybody say that. Don't let Michigan State beat you twice. That was beautiful. That's 100% the key here. You got to come in motivated, ready to go because Tom Allen, I remember, I'll never forget when he celebrated like a goal line stand at halftime. Sounded like Howard Dean Michigan. during the primaries. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. So just come out here, bulldoze this team by any means necessary. Big defensive game. And. As reported, the team had, they had a team meeting on, I believe, Sunday or Monday, and it was all about no finger pointing, let's move forward, everything is in front of us. And I love the leadership and ownership of the upperclassmen on this team to get that direction going. You're going against third string Donovan McCulley. Let's make his life a living hell. Let's get through this game, batter them, and then let's get to Penn State. Yes. Um, great point. Everything that you, you said there, I heard about the players only meeting and that gives me a lot of confidence that they are going to respond kind of how we're saying they're going to come out more determined and angry and focused um, and just wanting to correct on the things that, you know, that they weren't able to get done because with Penn state, Ohio state still left on the table. I mean, they, they understand that there's still a tremendous opportunity for this team. And I mean, the playoffs certainly not out of reach with one loss. I mean, Bama's at two with a loss. So, you know, so it's definitely very doable. So I I think they get that. I don't worry as much about this team. I like what you said earlier. um, I think it was in the first half of this pod where, like, you're glad that all of the blame is going on Harbaugh right now. And And I think that's actually a really smart way to look at it because this is a younger team. You know, the veteran guys like Hutch isn't, I think Hutch, is he truly a senior? Yeah, he's technically technically a junior right. because 20 doesn't count. So 18, 19, 20, 21. So he, he could have one. Yeah, more, he's, but... he could have one more in him. But yeah, I other know. than like guys like Vastardis and stuff, there's a lot of guys that are newer in there that are, you know, yeah. playing a lot, you know, getting a lot of snaps. So with a, a younger team like that, I'm glad that there's just not all of this vitriol coming down on Cade McNamara this week and everyone's saying, oh, the line shouldn't be, you know, the line can't block. That's not a Big Ten line. It's more, you know, Jim Harbaugh can't get it done. And if you watch the game, like we said, that wasn't on Jim Harbaugh. So I think that that's going to be good for that, where these guys are at mentally right now. Yeah, like Blake Corum could be crucified for the game he had if you rewatch it. The missed That's assignment, bad. drop pass, the fumble. I mean, and I love that he's that it's all going to Harbaugh. Like funnel it all there. Like he's not a twenty year old. Like just put it all on Jim. I mean, people have been hating on Jim Harbaugh since this sixteen, so whatever. New. Yeah. Exactly. So just keep doing that and he can write the narrative with the players and just take all the blame. He wears the black hat for a reason. So let it be known and just, you know, come out here and get it done against Indiana, who's already depleted from injury at quarterback. Watt Fillier's gone, I'm pretty sure. Thank God that guy killed us last yeah, year. Yeah, they still got <laughs> Ty Freifogel, which is 
and they got Hendershot at tight end. So those are the guys you got a key on. But besides that, this is a depleted team, very down team, and we owe them one from last yeah, year. They did play pretty well against now a five and three Maryland team. Uh, so they were four and three Maryland team. You and I aren't really buying Maryland, who's also a bit depleted as well. But they were in a shootout with Maryland. Um, so I, I'm also just not really worried about their defense. I think that we're going to be able to score quite a bit in this one, especially since our offense probably is coming off of our best game. It's a loss, which 552 yards, yards in a loss in the, in the rain. rain. <laughs> Most of them through the air. Uh, Cade McNamara also has two of the four longest passes in Michigan it's a, history. It's obscene. It's obscene. So I, I really, I really expect our offense to come out humming in this one. Corum is going to respond. Haskins needs yeah. to get more carries than he got against Michigan State. Um, so, which we'll have more opportunity for in this one. Um, they were really bottling up the run. Michigan State was. Indiana's been having trouble with that. Like you said, they're very depleted on offense. So as far as X's and O's go in this game, I, I just I don't really have much for you in this one. It's a third string quarterback. Hutchin and Ojabo are going to eat. They're going to eat. Uh, Indiana's good at linebackers. They might have one of the best linebacking cores, most experienced in the Big Ten. So that's something to watch with the run game. So if you can establish early on that, that'll be huge. They did play Michigan State tough right before the bye week, 20-15 to 15 in a loss. So this is a game you can't sleepwalk through. So I'm glad it's at home. I'm glad they can take some time to regroup and really get motivated. But, uh, yeah, man, like – Make a statement. This is your time to set the tone for the rest of the year and how the identity of this team has been challenged, and now it's time to reaffirm who you are. Yes, absolutely. Uh, spread is currently at 19.5 points, which is a big, big spread um, that I kind of hate coming off of a loss. How do you got it against the spread? I would stay away. It's We've played Indiana two times after bad losses, after the loss in Kinnick. And they play as close in every time. 16. Yeah. They played as close. They led it half. And in 17, again, a loss to Michigan State. We played them again. John O'Corn in both games, by the way, threw for 59 and 58 yards, respectively. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> so I think we'll see more from Cade in this week's game. Yeah, I would have to think so. Um, yeah, I'm staying away from the 19 and a half points on that. Uh, currently up to 20 now. But the uh, over is 50 and a half. I would take the over. Like And we did call that correctly last week. I said, stay away from Michigan State line. I thought it was going to be a three-point game, but it was going to be the over. So if you were just listening to us for betting purposes, you won. <laughs> but we, we misscored <laughs> mis, mis the game as far as our predictions. A little, little bit off, but, you know. I mean, that's, <laughs> Not that, really. That's our first I was close. Year, it, what did I have it? Like 35-31 or something? I had a pretty high scoring. We were I had uh, Michigan 34-17, so I was close to the Michigan score. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, I had it 35-27. That's what I had it. I just didn't didn't think they'd get that one extra Kenneth Walker 40-yard run for no reason. Yeah. Not the fifth yeah, the, touchdown? Not the, the fifth, fifth one in them. <laughs> God. So All right, so. man. What, what, are your players the, what are your players of the game for All Indiana? Right. So, uh, yeah, I would say if I were going to bet this one, I would say uh, Indiana to cover and the over, but I'd probably just stay away from the cover because I don't – I don't like betting against Michigan. Um, and then players of the game, Corum's going to come back and have a big one, but I've already called him a couple times and missed. I'm going to give Eric All his flowers right here and now. I think Eric All is Good. your number one receiving threat right now. And he had 10 receptions against Michigan State. Let's, let's keep that to be like a thing. Um, and then uh, on defense, kind of a rough Dax Hill game last week, so a bounce-back game for him or Hawkins wouldn't be the worst. 
Um, but I'm going to go with David Ojabo in this one. Ojabo, he and Hutch tied for the Big Ten lead in sacks with seven apiece. Michigan records only 12. Wow. Interesting. Well, he, and, and technically Hutch should have like oh, 10. I know. The amount of stats that have been ripped off the board for Hutchinson this season. I mean, he's also had, uh, I think it's three sacks that were also holds, but you take the hold because it's 10 yards. Ex- so, yeah. So he's he's had a couple ripped back from him from that too. So Ojabo, a little bit lame for that because, I mean, he's probably the second best player on the defense, but who you got? It's still a good pick, though. He got, I mean, got jo- he got Ojabo'd out of that strip sack sure touchdown. Did. Yeah, he got jobbed. Jesus. I'm, g- I'm going to ride with Corm in this one. I haven't picked him as much as you have, but I really like the odds of him having a big bounce back game. If I was going to go somebody else, I would, I'd like to see a bounce back game from CJ on the outside. Yeah. But I feel way more confident in Quorum having a stronger performance here. And defensively, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Dax Hill. I'm not, now I'm going to go with Dax Hill. I'm going to go with Junior Colson. Okay. Like the fr- he and Nikai Hill Green both struggled a little bit in this yeah. game with shedding blocks and getting to the run in ball carriers, but they're both first year starters. Like it's going to happen. So I'd like to see Junior Colson have a nice bounce back game this week. So I'm going to go. I with like him. that. Once those guys put on about 15 pounds, it's going to be so much easier for them to disengage and they're going to be really yeah. good linebackers. I have no concerns about them. They're always kind of in the right place, just struggling to get free and just maybe a half step behind where they need to be. So it was a tough game for them. I was more concerned with like the bad angles from Brad Hawkins and stuff than I was the the linebackers, to be honest. Yeah, and it's like that was tough. And then, I mean, R.J. Moten had one pick. He should have had yeah. two. That second one hit him right in the hands. He was very accountable about it. And also a comeback game. I expect a big comeback game from Mike McDonald. It's his yes. first year as a signal caller. You're going to have your bumps and your bruises as you get through this thing. So expect a good called game from him, especially with the substitution. Yeah, he'll get that figured out. That was obviously something that they had picked out and planned to attack um, in the Michigan State matchup. And and kudos to Mel Tucker, man. He's definitely about to get paid. Like, there's no denying it now. I, I, I kind of hope LSU comes in and offers him a bag now. I want him one more That's time true. just because he pissed me off with those timeouts at the end of the first half on Jake Moody. Just three of them, and Moody kicked it every time and was just yeah. money. Also, Jake Moody, I love you so much. Thank you I for know, existing. I know. There's a, there's a world where we just kicked that field goal late in this game because we got the ball back with a minute. Two field goals would have done it there late in the game, but I don't think that's how you play the Michigan-Michigan State game is field goals when no. there's three minutes left. It's like, I love you, Jake Moody, but I want to see you yeah, less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to, we need to get <laughs> touchdowns. But um, all right, that's all I got for uh, – oh, wait, no. Score. What am I thinking? I'm an idiot. What do you got for the score? Okay, although I want to stay away from the line, I'm going to take Michigan 28-6. to it's, they would cover the spread with that, but I don't feel comfortable. I could see this being tighter than that. I could see it being bigger than that. So that's why I'm staying away from all betting odds. Michigan 28-6. I've got it 38-21 Michigan. I think it's going to be tight for a while. Michigan will probably find a way to pull pull away late in this one, assuming our defense can get stops. But I think that was an anomaly late in the game. I think we'll be able to get stops in this one. And I just like what our offense is doing recently. We're coming off our best game. And like you said, Corum's going to bounce back. You've got Haskins. And we put up 33 points in that last game while we outpossessed them, like, dramatically, you know? So we had the ball. We were, like, controlling the pace and trying to grind the clock down and still put up 33. So I think we can put up 38 against Indiana, no problem. 
Um, and I hope they don't score 21, but they play us close, like you said earlier. So They're, They could be tough. So I could see this. That's why we're staying away betting odds, because this game could be just a massive Michigan. We're going to blow you out. We're chewing glass this week. We want to kill you. But it could also be, you know, kind of fumble through the first half a little bit, pull away, tight game. It's just too tricky to bet, but I just – it's really tough to see Michigan not winning this game. Yeah, definitely not. I don't see any sort of upset. Um, one last final thought. Have you gotten to watch any Franz Wagner in the Orlando Wolverines down there? It's been fantastic. Franz Wagner, dark horse rookie of the year. Just get on the odds while you can. Get 28 points the other night. Come As on. As of right now, I think it's plus 5,000 if you put $100 down on Franz Wagner. I don't know if it'll happen because there's so much, you know, everyone's looking at Jalen Green and Evan Mobley. Franz Wagner, man, yeah. already out there looking like Evan Fournier in year one. It's awesome. I love how Maddie was coming off the end of last season. And also Michigan Michigan basketball exhibition on, on Friday. Friday starting, yep. and, starting the season uh, off two days yes, away. Sir. And then the first game on the 10th against Buffalo, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. We'll be uh, probably next podcast discussing some Michigan basketball, which is exciting. It'll be a nice little, little balance here and there, and hopefully we're discussing a Michigan blowout. Yeah, God willing. All right, that's going to do it for Out of the Blue tonight. Make sure that you like, share, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts, whether it is Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever. You can follow us on Twitter, at Brew. You can follow us on Twitter, at JStorm303, and at... UMAndrewB. Very good. All right, uh, I'm Jared. That's Andy. This is Out of the Blue. I'd like to remind you that wherever you go, go blue. <laughs>